0: Welcome to Beware of Spoilers. I am Adam. So I've seen Strange World. The uh, the latest Walt Disney animated feature. I have a feeling a lot of people like aren't going to see this stuff. Because anytime Disney does science fiction and not really a musical, the movie tends to not do well at the box office. Uh, Lilo and Stitch. I don't think he's like The World on Fire. Atlantis. Uh, Treasure Planet. You know... Well, not exactly box office winners um, at the time. Not to say they're bad movies, but they, they, they aren't exactly, you know, bringing home large sums of money uh, at the end of the day. I don't think Strange World is bad. Um, I, I don't think it's particularly great. It's kind of just okay. And before I get too deep into that, I want to address uh, the trailers before the movie. Um, we used to do this a lot more. Um, back in the old version of the show. Well, way back, a few years back before, you know. Um, we saw about the trailers. So the trailers, you know, attract attention. Um, this time, I saw a trailer for... Um, because it's a Disney movie, they're gonna show the trailer for their upcoming live-action Disney fair, which in this case is, um, The Little Mermaid, which is like, alright, cool, Little Mermaid in the live-action adaptation, could be cool, let's see how it is, and I'm watching it, I'm like, alright, this isn't bad, let's see how it, how it stacks up compared to other movies from underwater, because there's nothing about it that really looks particularly interesting or unique in the trailer, um, but whatever, let's see. And then I think the big mistake is juxtaposing that trailer with the trailer for, um, what's it called, um, Avatar, The Way of Water. Because Avatar, The Way of Water, is going to take place underwater for a considerable amount of time. There's going to be a lot of underwater stuff, and for that movie to get to look as stunning and unique and, and making the most of the of the underwater visuals the way that it is. And then to put it next to The Little Mermaid, I think highlights a lot of the problems that we're going to have with The Little Mermaid. I mean, look, let's be honest. I think The Lion King kind of highlight a lot of the problems that we have when you move from, from animation to live action. Namely, like you have this weird thing where, number one, if you're doing realistic or photorealistic CGI um, compared to digital animation uh, or or hand-drawn animation, you can do more exaggerated head movements. You can do more exaggerated things. You can leave the uncanny valley behind. You can't really do that with things that actually exist. And we have a frame of reference for as humans for what that should look like. So, like, say, for example, a lion doesn't talk. So if a lion were to move its mouth or its eyes or do anything expressive that a lion wouldn't normally do even if we've never seen a lion before we have seen a cat and we know a cat couldn't do that therefore you have this weird situation Um, and I don't know why I come this way every fucking time an ambulance or a fire truck or something has to come through here because there's a hospital on this road Um, so because you get that and you have this kind of weirdness there. I, I don't, I think we have a similar situation with, um, and, and on top of the fact that when you look at what, um, what these musicals are as they're telling a story, the musical numbers tend to be there to gloss over boring parts, um, or things that we would be like, I don't need to see this the way, like, I don't need to see just straight exposition, like, in The Lion King, Scar's plan is being exposited through him telling his plan in a song. Or it's like the trip from um, Pride Rock... Which, by the way, is in the new Disney logo. I noticed that today. Uh, the trip from Pride Rock to the Elephant Graveyard is is covered up with him singing a song about his dad. Or Hakuna Matata is, is showing time passing. Similarly, and again, keeping in mind I haven't seen... The Little Mermaid in quite some time, like, the villain song is always designed to exposit what the bad guy wants to do, um, so, like, that's what Poor Unfortunate Souls is, it's expositing and and setting up what that whole thing is, uh, Kiss the Girl is the montage of them, their, their romance developing. Um, and I think that that's a sequence that works in animation that's gonna look really fucking weird in live action. Because Hilo made jokes about it, where it's like, imagine, you go on, you, you find this girl walks up on the beach, meet, meet her, you go out on a few dates with her, um, and then every single, you know, every single creature in the, um, what's all in the, in, in the bog is trying to get you to kiss her. And it's like, that's really weird. Or Eric has no sense of, you know like anything going into that, and he doesn't understand what's going on, and he can't understand them speaking, and he's just got this cacophony of fish jumping out of the water and screaming in his face, so either way, it's a weird situation that should be exacerbated, I think, by this, and the other thing I wanted to bring up from the trailers that is, that that is kind of going to be entertaining, um, I, someone, somebody, made the decision to make the song in the Puss in Boots trailer, All Star by Smash Mouth. Someone consciously made that decision, and it's a genius decision, because Puss in Boots started out as a spin-off of Shrek, and it's just a small thing, it's so small but it's such a genius decision because your mind immediately goes to Shrek with that song. I don't know about everyone else, but I know for me it does. It, it, it's, it's just one of those things that it's just genius marketing. Whoever thought that was an idea, Anyway, back to the movie at hand, which is Strange World. Um, if you've... I, I liked it from the beginning because I'm like, all right, this is cool. There's kind of like a, a pulp kind of... And I'm going to spoil it, but if, you, if you're going into this... Um, watching it to you're, you're going to figure out what's happening pretty quickly um, because it's not exactly a, a mystifying thing and I feel like part of the problem with, with what, I, what I'm watching this movie um, comes down to I'm two steps ahead of the, the people in the movie um, maybe a younger audience won't have that problem um, but I personally am, like, I, the viewer, should not be that far ahead of the people in the movie figuring it out. Um, and, and I think that that's kind of the problem that I have with this, where it's like, the, the, the story of, of this, and I'm just gonna lay it out there and spoil it, because I feel like that's the best way to kind of talk about the issue. And at, at the core of the story, we have Jaeger... I forgot his last name. was an explorer. And then we have Searcher, who's his son, who's played by Jake Gyllenhaal. And then he's got a son, whose name I'm forgetting too. He's... uh, uh, Jay Gyllenhaal, Searcher, is married to Meridian, who's a pilot. And they are all brought in because when he was a kid or a teenager, he discovered these plants that were growing um, while on an expedition with his dad to get past these mountains to see what's on the other side of the mountains. They are looking around to... You know, and they find these plants that have electricity in them. And searcher wants to bring them back home and be like, look, we found our thing to save our, our home. Meanwhile, Jaeger is like, look, we need to go further. We cannot just stop here. We need to go further because our true salvation is beyond this. Um, so they separate because searcher's like, no, I'm bringing this back. This is the right thing to do. And then the rest of the crew was like, look, we, we, we were sent out here not to necessarily get beyond the mountains. The point is to bring back something to save our people. So he was like, fine, you know what, fuck you guys, you guys go do that. I will stay out here and I will go and, you know, I will find, I will get past the mountains. So he brings it back home and then they develop electricity and all this stuff. Then 25 years later, he has a kid, he's got a wife, he's, you know, happy family. Uh, his kid has, has a boyfriend, um, and he's like, "All right, cool." And then the one of the women who was with them on the ex- expedition is like, "Look, these thing that like the, this plant that you found, it's great, it's fantastic. Problem is, it is um, it, it's it's not as powerful as it was. Um, and we need to go out there and you know, we have to track it because it's all part of one big hive root." And we need to get to the core of the of the root, to the heart of it, and figure out what's going on. So he's like, "All right, we'll go." So he goes, and then his kid goes away, and his wife comes to follow him, and then they they go in, and they discover a hollow earth, for lack of a better word, um, for what it is. And they discover at at the core of this world is um, this whole other place that they didn't know existed. So they go in, and they they you know, they start looking around to find the core of the electric plant that I'm creating the name of. It had a, it had a name, I forgot the name of it though. So they're they're going to find the core of that. They find Jaeger who has been missing for twenty five years and they're like, look, you know, and and he and his son butt heads, and, and the whole thing is about parents accepting their sons for who they are and and all of that. So John okay, Hall doesn't his son because his son doesn't want to be a farmer, his son wants to be an explorer like his grandfather. He, um um, fa- I called him Jake, but it's Searcher. Jake John Hall plays him. Sur- um, Searcher's father, Jaeger, doesn't accept Searcher because Searcher wants to be a farmer and a botanist and not be an explorer like him. So it's all kind of fun things. There's a game of Catan involved. Who cares? Moving on. Um, and as they're going on this mission, it becomes increasingly obvious what's going on as they explore more of this world because like they get to this this like forest that's got these trees that have balloons all over them. Like, these pink balloons all over them, and they keep growing and contracting and growing. And I'm, like, at, at that moment that you see this forest doing this, you're, like, oh, I know exactly what is going on here. But I'm not going to say it right now, because it's, like, you have these streams of, like, these little, like, you know, like... They, they don't really say what they are, but they're alive. They're sentient beings, but it's, like, you have these, these, like, you know, streams of red things that are flying all over the place in these straight lines. And you have these giant tentacle monsters... That absorb things and and uh, and kill them that way. Like they they open up, absorb them, and all of that. Um, and you're like, okay, something's going on here. And you know you have to go through. You have to get over this lake of acid to get to the next part. And then you get over the lake of acid, you go to the next part. Um, and then they get to the heart. And at the heart, they discover what the thing is because it is literally a heart because they've been on the back of a giant turtle the whole time. And it's like, yeah. But I wish that they had either been upfront with that or or played it more close to like or, or played it a little differently throughout everything going on may make it a little bit less obvious because I'm like oh there this thing is alive they are in like the streams that are red things are the are the like as soon as we see the thing absorb something and kind of just eat it and it's just like oh it it's, it's the immune system like. It's fairly obvious to figure out as you watch the movie, and I feel like that's one of those things where it's like knowing that going in doesn't really change anything, um, because like once you see it, it reframes how you view everything. But like like once you get to the part with the trees and the and the and the wind, you're like, oh, I know exactly what this is. And from then on, because you have figured it out at that point, or at some point over the course of it, you're going to figure out what's going on. Um, Because not a ton is done in terms of developing the world because the relationship between Jaeger and Searcher and Searcher and his son takes the priority. But it's not an interesting conflict because you know the conflict is going to be resolved by the end of it. Um, Like, you you know they're not going to end this with someone leaving. You know it's going to end with all three of them, like, friendly together and having that familial bond. So, that even kind of takes the back burner, and it's kind of developed in a really weird way and paced out weird across the length of the movie where, by the time you get to the end, it doesn't quite matter. Um, and I think we spend too much time with Jaeger and Searcher not being, you know, Cade. That's the last name. Jaeger Cade and Searcher Cade. Um, and you, you, you don't spend enough time with them, you know... You spend too much time with them hating each other for them to reconcile, for it to feel earned, because then by the time you get to the reconciliation um, like, you feel the earn of the son and, and Searcher reconciling because of how little they've actually butt heads of course in a movie and how it really is just the son withholding information and then blowing up at them and then them coming back together after at the other end of it, it is you know like, there's a lot of unresolved issues that go into Jaeger and Searcher and their fractured relationship that, up until the very end of the movie, they're separating, and there isn't anything there for Jaeger to—to to, to feel like he is—like, I feel like that would have been more earned if he if he Alexander the Greated it, um, which would— I feel like that would have earned that a little bit more. And I feel like that's kind of where it loses me a little bit. Is the idea that he doesn't go out there to the end of... Like, he doesn't go out to the end of the world to see that it's a giant turtle. Like, the fact that he doesn't do that kind of makes the whole thing feel a little strange. When what he could... What should have happened is he should have gotten out there, saw what it was, and then went back and been like, I gave up my life for that. Um, and then him not seeing it makes the whole thing kind of like looking at the picture in the in the, in the thing is great, and I like what they're trying to do with that. But I, I don't think enough is done to to really hammer that home. If he's just looking at the picture and then going from there, I think he needs to have seen that and then juxtapose it with his family that he gave up and, he, and like that 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 would have made that turn feel a little bit more organic instead of him getting almost there and then deciding i don't need to go that last little bit um and then move on from there um it's a very thinly veiled allegory for global warming let's just you know acknowledge that that's the other thing too where it's like you know like our things have have caused this thing to get sick and to um and to 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 the point where it may die and if it dies we die um, so we have to change our behavior to adjust that, I and mean, we have to give up on things we like to adjust that, it's a very thinly veiled, yet at the same time, ham-fisted allegory, much like don't look up, so if you like don't look up, you'll probably also gel with this, if you didn't gel with don't look up, you'll probably not gel with this, um, it, 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 it is an interesting, like it's an interesting kind of way to tell the story, and I think that This story would, this movie would be a lot more forgettable if it weren't for how striking the visuals were. Um, But even that, they're kind of just mundane. And while they do a lot with the medium of animation, they don't do nearly enough to the point where this movie doesn't look like anything that could have been done. That, like, my thing when I go to see an animated movie is I want to see something done that could not be done in live action. That's what I want to see. I wanna see something that cannot be made in live action. There is nothing about this movie. And I think that science fiction is one of the, the genres. Science fiction and fantasy as genres kind of lend themselves to animation because you can create the extravagant, you can you can take it places where it, it can where you don't need to, you know, you, you don't need to feel constrained with realism or anything like that. You can go that extra mile. And for something like this, like not too much is really done to make this feel like it needed to be animated. This is something that could have been produced in live action. This could have been a Lucasfilm production at at a similar price tag and look just as good. I don't think they do nearly enough with the with the medium. I mean I think the only there are very few movies that have done what, what like have done animation in the way that I'm looking for. I mean, Spider Verse. I think is probably the one that does it the best because of how it makes use of different visual styles. I think everything about this time just looks kind of samey and bland in a way that's like, all right, well, I get what this is and I get what this is going for, but I would like to have seen this developed a little bit better. I would have liked to have seen this changed a little bit differently. Um, and I don't think that the movie really, the, the, the movie really does enough with. The uh, with what could have been done with animation to make it worthwhile. Um, but I think we've heard enough with Strange World. It's not terrible. Um, it's just not great. There's not enough... Like, And I think the second time this year that I've really been disappointed with something that's been put out under the Disney banner because I, I also wasn't thrilled about Lightyear because I feel like Lightyear doesn't exactly capture the spirit of what a you know, what that movie was trying to be. It should have been flashier with brighter colors and and different things. I mean, look at Toy Story. I mean, and and look at We're Back A Dinosaur Story. Look at, you know, Aladdin or The Lion King. And it's like, this is the visual language of the era. And that's what I I don't think that is really... What the fuck is clicking? Um, I don't know. They're not subscribing and, and committing to that, you know, that era, so I don't think it really works, and I think here, they 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 kind of lead with the stylistic choices of it being like, oh, this is designed to look like a 1920s adventure, you know, kind of thing, or a 1940s adventure, and you're like, oh, okay, that's cool, but they don't really commit to that in any meaningful way besides the wipes, which is like, alright, I mean, I think a modern audience would be like, oh, they're doing Star Wars, but even that isn't, you know whatever. I I, I mean, it, it's not a bad movie. It's not great. I wouldn't rush out to see it. This is more of a wait for it to go to Disney Plus kind of thing because it will be on Disney Plus uh, eventually. I think like 45 days from now so maybe mid-February right when you're getting ready to go see Ant-Man and the Quantum Quantumania which by the way they did not put the trailer of before this movie and I was surprised about that. I was looking forward to that because I love seeing that trailer in theaters um, because it's like the, uh, the like that the uh, the song choice is great. I love the, the use of uh, Goodbye Yellow by Rick Rowe by Elton John. Like, I, I love that. And, and, and just seeing Tang, I'm like, this is going to be fantastic uh, when it does come out. Um, but we will wrap up there for today. Um, I may get up early tomorrow and watch the finale of Andor just so I can get that done so I'm not doing it on Thanksgiving Day. But we'll see. Um, but until our next episode, have a great rest of your week.